What's up, everybody? Welcome to a very special postseason edition of No Doubter. We're a little over halfway through on the front end of the American League and National League Championship Series. Semifinals, baby. The winner of these matchups goes on to the World Series. October is here. It is a full 162 game season this time around. It's not the Mickey Mouse season that last year was. These teams are tired. They've played many a game, but they keep on going at it. These are epic games. We're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about all the games that have been transpired and talk about what to expect. I'm your co-host, Barrett Boom Bostic, joined, as always, by my co-host and right-hand man, Travis T-Bone Lawfully. T-Money, what up, man? <laughs> Barrett, good evening. Good to uh, good to be with you. And uh, man, yeah, we are like halfway there. And it's uh, it's crazy. Yeah, two weeks ago at this time, the like very final... Uh, you know, we thought potential chaos was about to unfold. And, you know, even without like quote unquote chaos, like that was still a crazy uh, game 162 of the regular season to ultimately set the stage for it uh, for this postseason. And now, yeah, we're here at this uh, halfway point now where as we we're recording this episode right now, uh, down south in Atlanta, Georgia, you've got the uh, Atlanta Braves and the L.A. Dodgers right now um, mm-hmm. in one of the matchups. So uh here for the uh for the NLCS so it's yeah it, it, it things move quickly this is uh i think i'd say this is one of the things i really like about baseball compared to uh you know like baseball uh, compared to basketball or hockey is just uh how quickly uh these uh these postseason series move and there's no uh there, it, don't, nobody really wastes time with it the uh, the ultimate show is uh is the world series and we are inching closer and closer to it and man a lot has happened over these past two weeks uh since we wrapped up that game 162 and uh have been through uh some games now here into the postseason and there's uh you know we're gonna give a lot of quick hits uh here this evening uh getting right through this and starting to set the stage for what's to come and uh seeing how our initial predictions worked out and what we predict now uh to come heading into the world series uh but before we do that, we have to do a very special segment. The segment that we always do to start every episode, and that is called Pour and Score. Because That's when right, you're watching baby. baseball, America's greatest pastime, you have to enjoy only the best libations to go with it. So when you pour, you score. Boom, let us know what you're drinking this evening. Yep, here we are, Sunday, October 17th. Uh, This is the time of recording. I'm going to be having a local brew, everybody. I'm going to be having a beer from Three Nations Brewing in Carrollton, Texas, the El Captain Mountain IPA. I guess the Mountain IPA, I think that's more just a name because I don't know if that's an actual category, but hey, it's it's got a buzzword, two buzzwords in it, Mountain and IPA, so it's got to sell, right? Um, uh, my father-in-law, Don Hale, gave this to me. He's also a big fan of the pod, so thank you, Don Hale, for providing me this beverage. Uh, if you look at the can here, it's just got a pretty cool little pirate right there. The three on top, Three Nations Brewery. You got a plane in the bottom right-hand corner, and what appears to be a little bit of a mountain beneath him, so pretty cool artwork. Got to give him an A plus for that. Um, this is 6.2 alcohol by volume and 23 IPUs, which is very low for an IPA, I will add. So I'm very much expecting this to be an approachable IPA. We will see how approachable it is. I'm going to go ahead and read the back real quick. It says, El Capitan is the bridge over the continental divide, the location where New England IPA meets West Coast IPA. It has all the body with some of the bite. There you go. So not they're, they're alluding to the low IBUs there. So uh, going on, it says, El Capitan M- Mountain IPA is the cool breeze enjoyed after reaching the pink. So... Pretty good descriptor there. Uh, have you ever had this beer, Trav? I want to say it does ring a bell. Um, I, you know, I don't think that's one that I've bought in like my own six pack before. Um, however, the name sounds very familiar, and I'm pretty sure I've had it on tap um, somewhere before at, uh, at like a restaurant or a bar. So, and yeah, Three Nations Brewing. We've uh, we've had some of their beverages here on the show before. 
They're good folks. You, you said this is a West Coast style IPA. Um, well, it describes it as a, you know, where New England IPA meets West Coast IPA. Okay, I'm about to say, yeah, it's not quite the, uh, it doesn't look quite, uh, uh, doesn't have quite, a, like, the dark look to it that you would get in a West Coast IPA, but it's got that sort of New England haze, but just with, like, a little bit more of a, uh, of a darker hue to it. So, yeah, I can yeah. see it at least from there. And so, what, what are you, uh, what are you getting kind of off the, uh, the initial reactions here as you, uh, Give it a little bit of a whiff and taste it for us. Let us know how you like it. Oh, yeah. So it does look more like a hazy, as I'm seeing it here. Um, we'll, we will see how it tastes, though. Good nose to it. I like it. All right, I'm going to go ahead and just hop right on in. Hmm. Yeah, I'm very approachable. You, I mean, really, this is not like a punch to the face, you know, robust IPA by any stretch. This is so approachable, as I predicted as they hinted at, uh, very refreshing. I, I gotta say, you got a little bit of the bitterness there, but the flavor is just so good. You know, it's it, it's a pretty good one. I think that's what I really like about New England IPAs is that they're they're approachable. Uh, but you know, even for people like us that are serious hopheads, we can find the appreciation in something that you know it's more of like a subtle draw to it as opposed to the, the slap you across the face with the hops kind of feeling that you can get um, out of more mosaic IPA types from the west coast yep you know it's got a great flavor to it um you know got a pretty good aftertaste you know bravo three nations brewing el capitan mountain ipa i like it i'm gonna go ahead and give it a 7.5 out of 10 which is pretty good you know granted everybody knows i'm a hophead so west coasts are my love and you know but this is good uh this is a good gateway ipa yeah this can prove to people that you like ipas it just depends on what it is and so yep there we go uh so i got my drink tea money what you got tonight from Trinchero Napa Valley, I've got the Mario's Cabernet Sauvignon. So, All comes right. out of Napa Valley here, uh, you know, giving an ode to our friends uh, in the uh, San Francisco Giants, who uh, unfortunately their postseason has ended a little bit. <laughs> oh, uh, I see what you did there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know, still an ode to the state of California right now in general, and uh, the Dodgers that are uh, still in it. But so. Description here is it reads on the back of the label. This wine is a tribute to the strength and determination of Mario Trinchero, who came to the Napa Valley with his family in 1948 to realize the American dream. Sustainably sourced from the family's estate vineyard situated on the coveted benchland, Mario's Cabernet Sauvignon reflects Napa Valley's distinctive terroir. I believe that's how that is pronounced. <laughs> so, yep. Estain grown, <laughs> produced and bottled by Trinchero Winery, St. Helena, Napa Napa County, California. This is 14.8% alcohol by volume. There you go. Making have, having wine for the first time in a while. You know, we yeah, like to di- yeah. we like to diversify it here on the show. Absolutely. Yeah. And this is you know, we talk about drinking local on here, and it's that that's a nice means place things that are truly local to here in Dallas Fort Worth, uh, the area where we live. Um, but off, but sometimes too, it can be local essentially to some other part of the country, part of the world. Whole point being that we, we just want to celebrate the hard work, um, of brewers, distillers, wine growers, um, the, uh, the, the people that are working in this business here, aside from the big brands, the big corporate names, we we want to just celebrate that and the connection that these uh, that these people have to their communities um, and and uh, the reputation that their uh, that their drinks have. So, I'm gonna go just going with a small glass for myself tonight, but we'll give it a the Texas Tech wine glass for the win. Guns <laughs> up, baby. Yes, sir. I like it. You know, it's got the, uh, I can kind of get the, the tannins on the, uh, off the tip there. Um, I taste it, but it's got that bold cab flavor to it that I feel like, you know, it's a very, uh, I would rate this probably one of the more accessible cabs, uh, cabs being just really a great wine, um, re- whether it's a sipping situation or really works across a wide variety of foods, grilled meats, uh, baked foods, uh, red meats, pastas really kind of you can't uh, i think there's so many different things you can pair cabs with um there but yeah i put this definitely on the more accessible side to it as well um and uh you know not 
that's something you know i kind of with my uh with my palate that i'm thinking like hey i'm wowed by this but it's definitely you know it's very solid it's an enjoyable uh enjoyable drink here um good wine to have i would recommend to uh, a lot of people so you know i'm gonna give this one a good eight out of ten tonight there you go there you go drinking from the the hills of napa valley cali baby that's where the action's happening right so you got your wine i got my beer whatever floats your boat uh we like to end off this segment as always by encouraging our no doubter audience the best audience in the world to please drink responsibly that's how that's how we should roll this postseason let's enjoy beverages responsibly let's uh, get home safely you know let's keep our senses and but all also have a good time absolutely well we're going to jump right into uh into the rest of our episode now and start off with just a couple of storylines here uh breaking news yeah overall uh kind of things that are more just overall uh about the uh the progression and direction of baseball and i think of some good developments on uh on that end the first Breaking news as of today, October 17th, Sunday, that we are recording this show. Uh, Major League Baseball uh, is hashing out the full details of this right now, uh, but all 30 teams have agreed to now provide housing for their minor league baseball farm team players. This is a big deal. Uh, Yeah, once again, we don't know the full details of what this is going to look like, the full terms and conditions of it. Um, We're not sure if this means like, hey, we're going to, you know, like that means, hey, like how like fully covering housing or, you know, like provide like preferred lodging, uh, you know, how this is going to affect players, you know, that are married and or have families uh, that they that they need to support here. Uh, But in general, it's a good step forward in knowing that like, hey, with with an all 30 teams agreement for something like this, uh, this is a serious issue. It's something that is is long overdue for being taken care of. Um, Minor league baseball players, really, you can't even really consider them being paid at like $12,600 a year. That's really just a stipend, ultimately, that gets you through uh, some odds and ends here and there during the year. Um, But yeah, this has a... The the very low rate of pay of which minor league baseball players have been on for a very very long time, it, it just has major impacts to it in terms of like you've got these guys that are going in that are ultimately chasing a dream uh, to be a major league baseball player and basically being told to hey make like this sort of just ridiculous sacrifice of not even being like <laughs> not even like having any money <laughs> devoted to you is like uh, being seen as a valuable human being and just basically kind of being this uh, test piece of just like expense, like odds and ends type of means to an like, end. Yeah. Yeah. means yeah. to an end um, for franchises um, and, and the owners and the front offices and everything like this is, th- this is a good change here um, just because of like the, all the ramifications that the, the low pay has had, um, the, the, the bad living conditions that have come from it that have been reported, um, from players, uh, the, the issues potentially of, you know, when you've got some of these guys that are living in these really poor conditions and many times these very small B and C markets kind of, um, and not even B market, but really truly like C and D market kind of towns across the country where many of these, uh, many of these minor league teams are located, uh, how that can potentially lead to just like isolation and loneliness and drug use and just desperation. That's all kind of tacked on, uh, on top of being paid at such a low rate here. Uh, yeah, boom. I know we, we've talked about this, you know, once again, this is long overdue. We, we, we hinted at, it, um, a little bit in one of our earliest episodes talking about where major league baseball needs to go forward. Um, I think we're both in agreement here that, yeah, once again, we're looking, we're looking to see the full terms and conditions of this. Uh, but it sounds like this is a pretty bombshell move and that it's going to, we're going to see some serious changes in this area moving forward. Yep. Mm-hmm. We talked about in episode two, the plight of minor leaguers. Uh, this is long overdue. Uh, the, you got to think about the minor leaguers, you know, at the drop of the hat, they got to say, oh, you're going, you're moving up from 1A to 2A and you got to move across the country to our AAA uh, team in Texas. And you happen to be in Florida right now. So pack your bags. Uh, the, you don't have housing figured out. Uh, you'll figure it out at some place, right? It's just the whole system is a scam, <laughs> you, you, you know, from start to finish. 
finish. I mean, there are so there are so many stories, Trav, about the what could have been in baseball. There have only been over twenty two thousand Major League Baseball players in Major League Baseball history. But what? There's so many more. There's got to be tens, hundreds, hundreds of thousands of what could have been people who entered the minor league system who were well qualified, but they just simply couldn't provide it. And honestly, they it doesn't. You can't blame them. They got families. They got children. There have been stories that I've heard of minor leaguers having to take on two, three other jobs just to make ends meet. And this, Trav, this is the first step because the step that I, you and I are going to be very much looking forward to is when they raise their wages because this is the bare minimum, but it is a good first step. And I will say the first team that went out of their way to do this was the Houston Astros. That is a fact. People don't like the Astros because of the change scandal, but hey, I think it was maybe two years ago, one or two or three, give or take. It doesn't matter. They provided housing for all of their minor leaguers, and it, they have been the sole team to do it this whole time. But starting next year, all the right, other 29 teams are going to catch up. So it's good news, you know, you know, good job MLB, but you know, take it up a notch, raise that wage. It's still $12,600 average. You make lower in single A, then it bumps up the a little bit to double A, bump up a little bit to triple A, and uh, but still, I mean, you know, this is not the only thing. This is the first of what is hopefully many steps to incentivizing people to actually go through the system. Absolutely. Yeah, there's uh well, one of many conversations there, there's still to come here and, uh, and hopefully uh, wide sweeping changes that we're going to see to just improve the quality of life um, for these guys and make minor league baseball more of like a legit thing. So mm-hmm. I'm looking for sure. forward to it. Oh, and then yeah. on the another uh, thing that we've seen that's uh, we're heard, hearing now that's uh, once again we're kind of in the early uh, stages of hearing about this. Don't have the complete details on it, uh, but per, per the New York Post, Major League Baseball is in talks to launch a nationwide video streaming service that would enable fans to watch their team's hometown games without a cable TV subscription, and this could launch as early as 2023. On one hand, we think this is a really good development, just in terms of getting uh kind of getting major league baseball caught up with the 21st century in the area of um of how people uh view media um get get you know pretty much for people our age and older and even you know like people our parents age like more people increasingly are saying goodbye to cable and uh and, and dish they're getting into the streaming area um due to more of its affordability you know either having like one main streaming platform or kind of you know bundling other ones to piece together like what they uh what they ultimately really care about watching getting better value out of that saving money in the process um either overall or just on stuff that they're not watching um you know the there's a definitely a marketing aspect to it of being on streaming and you know how many more kind of like specialized more specialized program that opens up to reach uh, a new uh, younger demographic of fans. So we think that's great. What we are ultimately waiting to see what's going to potentially come about with this is, is this going to change the issues with blackouts and teams not being, and fans not ultimately being able uh, to watch their, uh, their hometown team that they, uh, that they really care about, but wherever team that they're, uh, they're looking to tune into here. Um, yeah, Barry, if you, I know we, we've talked about this here and, uh, you and I just off air, um, what, what ultimately are you hoping to see out of this within the issue of blackouts? Yeah. So this New York post article, it says hometown games, um, that, that, that is the specific word that they use. It says, watch that their team's hometown games without a cable TV subscriptions, but nowhere in the article doesn't mention blackouts. So that's the, I mean, I hope they address the central issue because, I mean, if it depends on location, I mean, hometown, can you watch your hometown team in your hometown city and state? You know, so more details to come. Again, this article came out today, uh, but I'm, it's all for it because right now, Trav, it's the Wild West. You know, you have to choose your streaming. You and I, we both cut the cord. I mean, we're both streaming, you know, Fubo, ESPN, I'm, whatever. I'm 28 years old. In my life, I've never owned cable or dish. It has been entirely streaming. <laughs> I know, and it's and that's just because it's so convenient. It's all a card out there, and I just hope that 
people anywhere, no matter where they are, are able to have an app where they can watch their games. I'm able to watch all the Astros games via Fubo, and I love it. And so if this is going to be a convenient option, one-stop shop, watch all of the games from all of your team. I mean, that's just awesome. I enjoy that luxury, and I hope other teams can. Other, other fans can of their teams, too. So, again, just, you know... We talked about this all, and baseball is making incremental changes. So it's better than nothing. You know, baseball is slow to change, but this is showing that maybe they're a little bit more, you know, open to change. I mean, podcasters, YouTubers, content creators are really being vocal about everything. And, uh, you know, Rob Manfred, he's very, (laughs) you know, controversial to a lot of people, but... I mean, come on, man, just go for it. There's so many things you can do, and let's just keep this train going one step at a time. So more to come, guys. We'll see. Absolutely. There's great potential here, and I think the, the you know, even as Major League Baseball is imperfect um, in their, their moves that they've made, I think there's just, there's, the and there's, <laughs> you know, it's kind of if you, if you're just like way out of shape, like getting into the momentum of, uh, <laughs> Uh, of like actually like working out and kind of making that lifestyle change and just getting into the momentum of it can have like a huge impact, like compounding on what's to come major league baseball taking these steps here in these couple of areas, uh, between, uh, you know, the, how they're handling their, their media rights, um, moving forward. And then, um, and then, uh, with the, with the payment of minor league baseball players, uh, I think, you know, from major league baseball, truly it is, any sort of movement forward is good movement forward. So that's why I'm excited for uh, these little bits of news that we have coming out right now for our sport. Exactly. There you go. Uh, We'll see more developments, uh, more news. Well, we we will report as these news stories develop, but we just wanted to start it off by just giving this because again, it's breaking news. Both these stories came out today, October 17th. So, uh, but uh, without further ado, we talked about, uh, we now get to the main portion of our program where we talk about the postseason, baby, October baseball. We talked about it a little in our last episode, live at Steam Theory Brewing Company, which if y'all have haven't heard that please give it a shout we go well beyond the postseason we talk about the actual brewery itself interviewing the co-owner chuck amala and tried their great beers so go back and listen to that episode it really was a special one we really enjoyed it and we brushed it a little bit on it um we were in the middle of the division series during that portion but a lot has happened then so well, Trav, let's just start off on the American League, and as we always do, you being the American League guy, let's just start there and work our way up. Absolutely. So uh, almost two weeks ago, uh, the uh, the American League uh, postseason bracket started with the wildcard game, which was the New York Yankees at the Boston Red Sox. Uh, this uh, this game ultimately was a Red Sox defeat of the Yankees, six to two. Um, yeah, so they, yep. <laughs> yeah, yep. it's uh, yeah, the Red Sox jumped out uh, early with two runs uh, off a Xander Bogarts homer, and then and... Kyle Schwarber gets uh, gets on the board with a homer and the third, and so yep. Garrett Cole <laughs> ultimately never made it. Uh, Made it past the uh, the third inning. Uh, didn't yep. even record an out. <laughs> three <laughs> runs on four hits leading up to that point. So that was an early exit uh, for him. You got just one of one of many questions the dire- of like the direction of the franchise and decisions that have been made with the lineup and uh, and contracts and players and moves and all that 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 exist for uh, for this fan base right now and for uh, for the East yeah. Coast media looking at it. So. Yeah, was uh, we shall see moving forward. It's uh, it was getting paid so much money to just choke after two innings. It's it, it it's sad. Yankees just making it rain and all amounting to nothing. A tale as old as time. <laughs> <laughs> Some yeah. may say you know it has never been the same since two thousand four <laughs> for the Yankees, and it's yeah. just uh, it's uh, yeah. So. But, but as we continue on with that game, looking at more how it unfolded, Anthony Rizzo finally got the Sox on the board in the top of the sixth. That game was then uh, three to one at that point. Uh, Nathan Valdi is pulled with one out in the sixth, and Ryan Brazier comes on in his place. Uh, the Yankees tried to rally, but all momentum was killed when 
Aaron Judge was thrown out of home trying to score off of Giancarlo's stance in single. Uh, Alex Verdugo scores an RBI double in the bottom of the sixth. And he attacks on two more runs in the seventh. Giancarlo Stan got one last homer in the ninth, but that was all the Yankees wrote for their 2021 season. They yeah. had an early exit from the postseason. And there and, was much rejoicing. <laughs> <laughs> yes, much of America rejoices, and the uh, Red Sox proceed in the bracket. So this then turns into the AL, the first side of the ALDS being the Rays and the Red Sox. The Red Sox won this series 3-1. to one. It's the third playoff meeting between both franchises and the first since the 2013 ALDS. Uh, Randy Rosarena was the highlight of game oh, God, one. He yeah. had that diving run, uh, that, uh, he had that uh, diving steal of the base uh, at home. Um, Shane McClanahan had credited quality start and won in five in with quality start uh, with the win. Five innings pitched, no walks, uh, three batters striked out. Uh, the Red Sox out hit the Rays nine to six, but they left seven runners in scoring position. It was a five zero final. Game one went to the Rays. The bats were hot in game two for the Red Sox, uh, although Chris Sale had a rough outing, allowing five runs in the bottom of the first inning, which included a grand slam by Jordan Leplo. Uh, but Tanner Hawk comes in and sets the foundation for the bullpen the rest of the game. Uh, only one more run came across for the Rays. The Red Sox scored 12 more runs and get a strong performance. Jeez. Throughout their lineup, mm-hmm. included homers from Kike Hernandez, Xander Bogarts, Alex Verdugo, J.D. Martinez and Rafael Devers, final 14-6 in Boston. <laughs> so after game two, they leave the trap and get on the plane and go up to Boston. After uh, playing a pretty good football game there. <laughs> yeah. 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 And uh, yeah, that's a great point. That is very much like a football score for <laughs> <laughs> game two. Um, this was only the second ever postseason game uh, that, uh, that went into extra innings for the Rays. And it was the second longest game uh, ever in either the ALDS or ALCS. The game was tied 4-4 four to four in the ninth, uh, which led to extra innings. Nick Pavetta came in for the Red Sox as relief on the mound. David Roberts would do the same for the Rays. Luis Patino would come in for the Rays at the bottom of the 12th. Still scoreless in extras at that point, 4-4. Four, four. But in the 13th inning, the heat was turned up and it had a bit of a controversial ending. Kevin Kiermeyer hit a ground rule double, which went off Hunter Renfro's elbow. <laughs> Into the bullpen. <laughs> this <laughs> wow. negated a raise run that would have come from Yandy Diaz traveling from first base as the ball was hit. Christian Vasquez wow. ended that wild night at Fenway with a walk-off homer off Patino in the bottom of the ninth. So the final was six to four. Bit controversial there. Uh, however, you if you did the math, uh, ultimately with the with how it ended out for the Rays, they really it would not have mattered either way. Um, yeah. So that ended it there for game three. Game mm-hmm. four, the Red Sox sent Eduardo Rodriguez to the mound to start. He only got 41 pitches in their game loss, uh, game one loss. Um, game two, uh, reliever Colin McHugh from the Rays was sent out to the mound for them to start the game. In the third inning, the first runs of the game were scored by Boston. It was five total, which included three-run homer by Rafael Devers. The Rays got one back in the top of the fifth. Sixth inning, saw a two-run homer by Wander Franco, and the lead is now cut 5-3. to three. three consecutive hits off Ryan Brazier ties the game up 5-5 five, five in the fifth. Garrett Whitlock comes in and puts a stop to the rally. Kevin Kiermeyer's outfield assist cuts down Alex Verdugo at third base to stop a Red Sox attempt at the lead. Seven-inning pitch by Whitlock retires the Rays at the top of the ninth. Kike Hernandez ends the party with runners on second and third and a sack fly to push across the winning run. Finals six to five Boston. The Rays red hot. You and I, we had good bit of confidence yeah. in them. Yeah, uh, we did postseason. Yeah. Uh, however, they go no further. Their uh, their postseason ends as well, much like the Yankees earlier than expected. Yeah, the Red Sox, man, they just, I mean, I don't know what it is. They're just, they're digging deep and they just have that magic to them for some reason. It's, they just seem unstoppable. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And then we turn to the other side of the American League bracket, the Astros and the White Sox. The Astros oh, yeah. won this series 3-1 to one, and they won also regular season series 5-2. to two. And this was only the second ever playoff meeting between the two franchises. The last being the 2005 World Series 
when the Astros were playing in the National League. But we're this, not going to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But much but, like much like 2011 with the Rangers, yeah, we just we we have no need to discuss that. You can yes, yeah. our our audience can Google it and like yes. read all the things and watch all the documentaries <laughs> about it if you uh, yes. if you want to know more about it. <laughs> <laughs> this was also the second ever time that a prior World Series matchup occurred in the wild card divisional series or championship series. The last time, man, we just keep seeing. You know, we kind of have found like these little connections here and there to 2011. Uh, yeah, it all goes back to 2011. There. Uh, so this is the last time this happened was 10 years prior when the Cardinals defeated the Brewers <laughs> in the 2011 National League Championship Series. And that was a rematch of the 1982 World Series. Oh, man. <laughs> so Tony Larusa and Dusty Baker met up as the two oldest managers in Major League Baseball, Larusa being 77 and Baker being 72. Lance Lynn had his fastball dialed up in game one, but it was no match for the Astros who got five runs off Lynn for the end of the fourth inning. Lance McCullers Jr. made not only his first start of the season, but also plays his first game as well. He went six and two third innings, only allowing four hits and zero runs. And zero walks. And zero walks. Also very notable. Jordan Alvarez goes two for three and drove in two runs in the process, including a home run. Final six to one down in Houston with Houston on top. Yeah, Houston's been hitting well off of Lynn all season long and so it was no it it was no surprise when they just lit him up and he had to had an early exit. <laughs> so, yeah, they made them look silly for sure. Uh, yeah. Game 2, the mound matchup was Framber Valdez and Luis Lucas Giolito for game 2. Neither lasted past the 5th inning. The Astros blew the game open in the 7th with 5 runs, 9 to 4 Houston. Pretty straightforward game. Game three, even after a rough start to the series, the party returned to the south side of Chicago for game three and a do or die moment for the White Sox. Blackout, baby. (laughs) I have to say, yeah, the, 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 the the all black uniforms for the White Sox and just like seeing that crowd there. Blackout, all decked out in black yeah. like it's just it's a it's a cool environment for sure oh it's yeah the, i wish the, i was there for sure <laughs> yeah and it's funny there was there, a few astros fans were there and like you could see them they were in their uh, <laughs> they're yeah. they were in their orange or their blue and they just kind of stuck out like a sore thumb which, oh yeah uh, <laughs> the bats got hot for the white Sox in game three and it allowed them to play another day neither starter luis garcia or dylan cease made it past the third this game had a lot of lot of uh back and forth at the beginning but the White Sox jumped out for good with three runs in the bottom of the fourth. They would tack on three more in the bottom of the eighth, and that would be the only uh, only more runs scored during the game. The White Sox outhit the Astros 16-5. Notable performances include Tim Anderson's three hits and uh, Lurcy Garcia's home run and four RBIs. And on the Astros' side of things, Yasmani Grandal's homer and three RBIs and Kyle Tucker's homer. Game four finally gets in after being delayed a day due to weather in the Chicago area. The Astros send Lance McCullers Jr. back to the mound while the Astros, uh, uh, while, they, while the White Sox tapped uh, tapped in Carlos Rendon. And the first two innings were great for Rendon, but Houston will ultimately start plugging away and eventually blow this game wide open. Jose Altuve's ninth inning homer ties him with George Springer for the most career postseason home runs in Astros history, and now has him tied in fourth place all time with Springer and Albert Pujols at 19. A nine-run margin. It was the biggest victory in a clinching scenario game in the 8 LDS. Altuve, Bregman, Correa, and Yuri Gurriel played their 60th postseason game together. That is the most by four players in Major League Baseball history. The experience really has been showing out there on the field uh, for the Astros, and they are determined to win a World Series the right way, and they advance on in the brackets. That completes the uh, that then completes the American League side of things to this point, and they are now uh, they're now engaged. The as we speak, uh, well, I guess right now the the Dodgers and the uh, the Braves are playing. However, the uh, the Red Sox and the Astros are currently tied one one in the American League Championship Series. We will touch on that very briefly. But boom, take us over to the National League side of things, the purest league, the league that's potentially playing their last ever season with uh, with pitchers uh, batting with pe- <laughs> with pitchers batting. <laughs> uh, yep, unfold what has happened 
to this point for us, good sir. Oh, yeah, a lot has transpired. I will say, however, you know, I am glad the Astros made it through. Uh, You and I correctly predicted that they would make it, uh, that they would win in four, and they did win in four. That game three, though, was so annoying because uh, Todd Hallian, man, that ump, he's the only ump I know because he was so annoying. And Yasmani Grandal with his, as he put it, good base running, running clearly in the the grass, Yuli Gurriel throwing the ball and hitting hitting him while he was trying to throw throw to Martin Maldonado, the runner out. I mean, come on, man. It's just uh, the umpires determined it wasn't interference, but, I mean, you've run from first from home to first tens of thousands of times. You know, you know darn well when you're running in the grass. And so you can't just say, oh, I was just, I was just running, you know, that's bullcrap. I mean, so, <laughs> you know... <laughs> But hey, he exploited the system. But at the end of the day, the Astros ended up winning. So I don't really care. You know, you had Ryan Tapera trying to, you know, speculate and, you know, basically, uh, you know, accuse the Astros of cheating again during a postgame press conference. And that just lit a fire under the Astros. And the Astros won game four, 10 to one, and just destroyed the White Sox at home. So. I Astros feel like baby. the Astros, <laughs> the Astros are about to go. I feel like are almost like they have a potential to turn into a New England Patriots style dynasty <laughs> in the coming years. There's just like they are the 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 more they are hated, the more that they uh, they they can know that they prove that they are more than their controversies and everything. I, I feel like and it was like what the whole Deflate Gate thing with Tom Brady. Uh, several years back against the Colts and everything and how uh <laughs> and how like they they just lit uh they they just lit them up out there on the field and that's the uh <laughs> and it was like either yeah I think like Brady just threw a bunch of shade in the uh, <laughs> uh like after the uh after like after the game I, when they advanced to move on to the world uh, <laughs> to to the uh, to the Super Bowl and just yeah it's <laughs> The 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 Astros the fire is under them. They do not care what you think about them. Oh, they yeah. have all the experience in the world, tons of talent, solid farm system, good management. It is just <laughs> they are the total package right now. And I, I hate to say it as a Rangers fan, but they are the team to beat right now. Oh yeah, you know, but I mean, it, it it's not all set in stone, you know. A lot of our predictions have been just upended, including mine going into the National League. I thought, I thought the cards were going to do it. I thought the cards were going to conjure the spirit of 2011 and be like, "Yes, we're not only going to barely squeak at the playoffs, we're going to go all the way." But, eh. It couldn't happen, so I guess it doesn't happen every ten years. But hey, they were all, they were almost there. All roads go back to 2011 eventually. But <laughs> um, going on to the National League in the Wild Card Series, the Dodgers beat the Cardinals in LA three to one. This was a pretty cool game, though. Um, you got the fine wine of Adam Rainwhite versus Max Scherzer, and boy, was this a good game because you know the card scored first off a wild pitch from Scherzer. It was one zip, and I was like, yes, 2011, it's happening, baby. Come on. Uh, but you know, Josh Turner hit a solo bomb in the fourth, making it one to one. Um, Adam Wainwhite ended up staying in five and one third inning and Max Scherzer ended up getting pulled after four and one third inning. The Dodgers went to their pen early. Um, you know, they, it was do or die. So they were throwing everything in the kitchen sink. So, but it was one to one all the way to the bottom of the ninth. But then who else? Chris Taylor hits a two run bomb to walk it off in the bottom of the ninth. And the Dodgers, even though they had a 106 game record, had to go through a do or die and they beat the Cardinals and just, man, you know, come, come on. (laughs) Yeah. I want to pose this question to you because I've heard some of the local media, um, talk about talk about this and it's a it's an interesting point to bring up uh how do you think say like you know the 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 brackets being set primarily 
through the foundation of how things are done in the division, uh, in every division is the, uh, is the way to go here. Uh, or are you open to, to <laughs> avoid more of like, you know, like this, this matchup in the wild card where it is true of like two of like the top teams in all of major league baseball, uh, throughout the season, having to go up against each other in the do or die moment to figure out who's going to move on into the bracket itself. Are you, o- are, are you open to, uh, moving more towards like what you have in basketball, uh, in the NBA where it's just like, it's set where, you know, like a, having a division title is just more of like a formality. Um, mm-hmm. but it's, it really has no bearing on, uh, how you're set in the, uh, in the playoff bracket, uh, as opposed to what everything looks like, uh, you know, from, from top to bottom actually in the, uh, the, um, in the league standings there. Uh, I mean, I know that's obviously it's, it's different compared to basketball when you know, your schedule is going to be, uh, is going to have like a pretty set in stone rhyme and reason to who you're playing in, uh, uh, in your, uh, in your conference, whether it's the Western or Eastern conference. Um, mm-hmm. and then, uh, and then, you know, it's going to be basically just like, uh, one game piece, uh, home and away for, um, for, for, you know, the teams that are in the opposite conference of you. Uh, and that's different compared to baseball where, you know, the schedules are just set up a lot more, uh, a, a lot more different um, and everything and just so many more games. But do you think something like that could work to, you know, prevent, you know, what would have been like, man, a great, uh, a great matchup further on down in the bracket from happening right up at the beginning here? And I think, is there even like a, is something like that more viable with you know the and uh, with the National League potentially making t- changes to be more united with uh, how things are done in the American League? Just how, how do you see what how what was your feeling uh, knowing that you know these two two teams are basically going to go um, uh, going to end up having to play each other early on here um, uh, as opposed to later on. Yeah, so, you know, I've said it before. I've said it before in episode two where we talk about changes to the game. Um, You know, I think it should follow the basketball model where, you know, the top, you know, whatever teams, you know, top four teams with the best records move on. Uh, Really, it's just either eliminate divisions altogether because of um, advances in travel or uh, just keep them, but just as formalities. And that way, if there is going to be a wild card game, it should be with teams that have pretty similar records um wild card games are instant game sevens so i i am watching a lot more playoff baseball now than i ever have and i love it because i watched most of both uh wild card games and it's when it's do or die it's do or die baby and it's awesome from a fan's perspective yeah it's high quality entertainment if you're a fan of that team you absolutely hate it though and Man, the Dodgers to win 106 games if they were to get knocked out, but ah, you know, so I can understand, and I'm very much open to if there would be a wild card team, let's just say maybe like the teams with the best three records, boom, regardless of the vision, you're gone. Um, and then maybe a wild card is you know teams with the next two best records but are or eliminated altogether where it's just first round is best of three kind of like we what we, what happened last year best of three then best of five and best out of seven the best out of seven in the world series so because it's you know it's it's tough and i mean when you're watching it and you don't care what happens it's awesome but when you do it's almost an insult because baseball is meant to be played in a series. That's that is the whole point. Whether it's a best of you know, I mean, best of three. That is why the stru- the schedule is structured the way it is because you can't just do it on one. But but we'll see. It was still a good matchup. Um, Credit to the cards, baby. If you're a Cardinals fan out there, you know, bravo. You had that 17-game win streak. You know, the fact that you got it there was incredible. I mean, we we didn't expect expect them to make it far. I thought they were going to continue the magic, but the Dodgers, they have to ruin everything. Ugh. But then, of course, 
Trav, and this series is incredibly special because the Giants and the Dodgers are arguably the second best rivalry in baseball, all the way back from their days in New York, and they met for the first time in the playoffs. Think about it. So many decades. The first time ever these two teams meeting. How epic. Well, it was epic. It went all the way to game five, baby. And, ah, I wish it was a game, it was an NLCS. It would have been so epic to go to Game Seven in the NLCS, but alas, we got Game Five, which was the next best thing. So, in this NLDS, you know, primetime special, um, we go back to Game One, baby, which was shut out in San Fran, baby. Logan Webb, arguably the best pitching performance so far, seven and two thirds, shutout innings, ten Ks zero walks it was a party at the san francisco bay baby four to nothing san fran took a one nothing lead game two in san fran however the dodgers split it with their high powered offense and it was close in the first five innings it was two to one and but once the starters both left but after that the Dodgers blew it open with their deep pockets. They got an onslaught of extra base RBIs, Bellinger, Seager, Pollock, and Beatty, and a homer by Will Smith. The, the Giants just couldn't answer. It was too much. Their deep lineup was too much. 9-2 to two Dodgers. Series tied. Going back to LA, baby. Game three. Um, the Giants won an epic pitching duel. One. Two, nothing, thanks to their superb defense and a homer to left center field by Evan Longoria, the 36-year-old. They got the dinosaurs on that team, the Giants do. I, I have to be <laughs> I have to be perfectly honest that until this series came around, I was not even aware that Evan Longoria was still playing baseball. <laughs> I'm going to uh, be brutally honest about yep, that. Y- y- <laughs> yep, you know, it was for a lot of people. You know, they got Buster Posey, Brandon Crawford, Evan Longoria. They got the dinosaurs, baby. They're still <laughs> around, and they're making it right. Yeah, they were like the hot names that you heard on ESPN every night, like to. 10 to 15 years ago (laughs) (laughs) they still play baseball what yeah oh the giants man uh so they did win the first one in la but game four comes around and the dodgers they the crowd willed it into existence they won that same way as they won game two seven to two they were up four to nothing in the fourth and the giant just couldn't catch up Will Smith also homered in that game along with Mookie Betts. And you know, Trav, Will Smith, you know, he was able to hit a homer uh, in that game just like game two. But it it was easier for him to do it in game four because, let's just face it, Bel Air is closer to L.A. So he was able to make the trip easier (laughs) that time. So Uh, I see what you did there. (laughs) Yeah, you know, so, you know, Will Smith, he can truly do it all. Uh, (laughs) <laughs> yeah you know just take that to the bank it is the will smith uh, i mean what will smith am i talking about the world may never know <laughs> don't google it uh, but anyway it all came back to game five in san fran oracle park the wind blowing and a chilly night do or die it was only fitting the giants ended up beating the dodgers more in the regular season they had the best record in all of baseball, the best record in the NL West. But Game 5 comes around. It was do or die. A fitting end way to end their first ever meeting in the playoffs. In this epic game, uh, Seager drove in bets in the top of the first, while Darren Ruff of the Giants hit arguably the no-doubter of the postseason, with a monster 452-foot no-doubter to straightaway center. Man, we tweeted about this. Follow us at No Doubter Pod on Twitter. Man, he hit it, and it was just like, boom. Like, the center fielder was just like, I mean, it's gone. <laughs> he That was a rough, Darren rough bomb, baby. So it's all tied up. Uh, but Bellinger broke the lead open to the top of the ninth by driving in Lux. So now it's two to one going into the bottom of the ninth. And who else comes in? Max Scherzer. This guy pitched 110 pitches in seven innings, 
three days prior. Think about that. He pitched all those pitches over 110, and three days later, he's coming into the bottom of the ninth <laughs> to be the new Kenley Jansen of the Dodgers. And the series ultimately ended by a botched swinging strike call by the ump because that was not a swinging swing. He checked it. Everybody in their grandma knew it, but not the first base umpire. He called him out. The Dodgers rushed. It was non-reviewable. Yeah, and didn't the? But didn't they also miss a? Didn't they also call a a a no strike on a uh, on a Giants player earlier in the game? Uh, There, so I guess it was almost kind of like a an even out there at the end of it. They they called a no strike um, earlier in the series. Yeah. But, I mean, okay, if you're going to make it up, make it up not when it's two outs. good point. Bottom (laughs) of the ninth. Yeah. You know, speculation, speculation. But anyway, I mean, come on. You you don't want this to end like that. It's the first time they ever met. And it ends like that. Come on. Lame. Lame, 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 lame. But, you know, who, who else knows what happens? But bravo to the Giants. You and I both picked the Giants to go to the World Series. Trav, you picked them to win the whole thing. But alas, they're gone. They are gone in the quarterfinals. But bravo to the Giants. Gabe Kapler at the helm. They were the best team in baseball. And if they had better luck, they probably would have kept going. And I still to this day think they're the most complete team, top to bottom. Um, So San Fran, you guys did great. Bravo to you, tip of the cap, um, even though you got knocked out. Nobody, and I mean nobody, thought you were going to make it this far. So, you know, heads held high. Dodgers move on to their second straight NLCS. So, after getting knocked out in 2019 in the first round by the Nationals. So, they move on to face the Braves in a rematch of the 2020 NLCS. So, but on the, the so I I, I kind of spoiled it there. Everybody knows it though. But the Braves ended up winning the NLDS against the Brewers 3-2-1. Game one was an epic pitching duel. Burns versus Morton. They both pitched six innings. Charlie Morton, former Astros, proceeded to pitch into the seventh but got into trouble. So he was pulled out. The Brewers won that game thanks to a two-run bomb by Telez in the seventh. The runs were credited to Morton, and but Mr. Jocktober Peterson hit a solo shot in the top of the eighth, but it was too late. Two to one. Brew Crew in Milwaukee. Games two through three, however, it was all Braves all day long. Three nothing in game two, and three nothing in game three when they went back to a, the ATL, including a three run bomb from Jocktober Peterson in the bottom of the fifth. They call him Jocktober for a reason, baby. He's hitting that outfield. He's making it rain. He's filling in the gap for Acuna, and he's hitting bombs every day, all day of the week, including today on the seventeenth as we record. It's the top of the seventh, two to two. Dodgers Braves, Jot Peterson hit a a two-run bomb in the bottom of the fourth. This is all he does all day long, every day. So, but earlier, um, back in the NLDS, you know, the Braves won games two and three, and they won game four, moving on to the NLCS. Game four was a very close matchup. You know, the Brewers uh we're up to nothing in the top of the fourth but then the Braves came back with a two-run RBI by Rosario making it two to two in the bottom of the fourth uh Telez homers again and get puts him ahead four to two but in the bottom of the fifth Jocktober baby in a, a grounder into a fielder's choice making it four three uh Brewers then Darnold drove in Pete drove in Riley to make it four four in the bottom of the fifth it goes all the way into the bottom of the eighth in Atlanta and who else the nicest man in baseball Freddie Freeman hits a homer to center five to four Braves they overperformed. They beat the Brewers. You and I both doubted the Braves. The Brewers and their nasty pitching. 
It just wasn't cutting it. There's a theme to this playoffs. Everybody thinks pitchers pitching wins, but offense, it amounts to something, Travis. You know, you can't, you know, it turns out if you can, you can be like the Texas Tech Red Raiders. (laughs) Somebody has to push across more runs than the other team to eventually win the game. So, yeah, yeah, your your pitching will only take you so far uh, if uh, your offense can't get the job done on its end. Yep, you know, they're they're all trying to be the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Just score just just score as many runs, more runs than the other team. It doesn't matter if it's like, you know, nine to eight. It doesn't matter. You know, a win's a win. <laughs> <laughs> so man. But then here you are. That brings us to to today. NLCS Dodgers versus Braves. Uh, the Braves picked up game one in Atlanta, baby. It was an epic game. Um, it was two to two in the bottom of the fourth. It went all the way to the bottom of the ninth. Austin Riley, who hit a homer in the bottom of the fourth, drove in Ozzy Albies for an RBI uh, walk off. Well, single three to two Braves Dodgers as of this recording they are up one zip and as of this recording they are two to two in the top of the seventh uh Trav when it comes to the NLCS you know I thought the Brewers were gonna you know face the Giants you thought the Brewers were gonna face the Giants but when it comes to Dodgers and Braves given the information we have I mean, what are you thinking, man? <laughs> oh, man. This game has the feeling of it being taken, of it needing the, the full series to decide it. Um, yep. I'm going to go with the with the Dodgers, ultimately taking the series with all games <laughs> oh. needing to be playing for it. <laughs> oh, man. Yep. So, I mean, by the time this episode airs, they will be two games deep. We don't know what will happen. We currently don't know what will happen in game two, but you're going to pit the Dodgers. Uh, you know, you know, I wanted to, I want to pick them too. I don't know. It's, it, it's the Dodgers. I mean, the Dodgers are the Dodgers. They are the best team on paper. And you just got to think that they're just going to pull it out. I mean, I'm going to I'm going to go with my heart though because my you know my predictions are screwed over so I'm going to go with my heart and make my official prediction that the Braves will win it in 7. <laughs> uh you know make fun of me later but I mean my bracket's busted so I don't even care so I'm just going to go with <laughs> with what I want. <laughs> so we'll see uh then the flip side ALCS Astros versus Red Sox baby you know as of this recording the Astros and Red Sox are tied in game 1 the Astros won 5 to 4 and it was close for sure. Uh Alvarez hit a sack fly in the first making it one zip, but Kike uh that darn you Kike, he tied it up with a homer and then Martinez drove in another one, 2 to 1 Red Sox. Renfro driving endeavors 3 to 1 baby. Uh top of the 3rd Boston was up three to one, and we were all like, oh my gosh, are they gonna win? But no. Jose Altuve hits his 20th postseason home run like a boss, making it three to three, driving in McCormick as well. And then Carlos Correa in the top bottom of the seventh hits a home run two left in the Crawford boxes. He pimps it like no one else has. It would make Jose Baptista jealous. He's like, what time is it? What time is it? It's time to pay up. <laughs> Astros. <laughs> and he rounds the bases. And then Altuve knocks in Gurriel on a sack fly. Five to three. But then who else? Kike. Kike, Kike, Kike. I despise that guy. He hits another home run. Trying to come back in the top of the ninth, but alas, it amounts to nothing. And then in game two, I mean, the Red Sox hit a grand slam in the first and a grand slam in the second. And that's all you need to know. They won nine to five. (laughs) So uh, the Astros did start to come back, though. And these two teams are more evenly matched. 
than that game indicated because that's just botching the first two innings. But after that, the Astros outscored the Red Sox games, innings three through nine. So here we go. Our predictions, Trav, you know, we thought the Rays were going to be at this situation, but they're not. You and I both have the Astros advancing in our predictions. Trav, so far, what do you think? I also have the Astros uh, advancing once again in this uh, this side of the bracket here to the World Series. I think they uh, they do it in six. Oh, man. Yep. Uh, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm going to go my heart again and just say Astros. Um in six i think it's mm, i think it's gonna be seven because and i and i will say seven because of this we don't have mccullers which is a bummer fanway is a tough environment it really is their fans show up so what i think is i think the astros are going to get i want to say no i think we're going to get one win in the three game series and then we're going to win it out in Houston. I'm torn between that and winning two and then splitting the final or, you know, what I said before. But I think it's one and then win out in Houston. I just think that we're going to have to really figure out Garcia um, and Luis Garcia, that is. But, uh, yeah. So, you say Astros and six. I say Astros and seven. So... Yeah, here we are. We're down to four teams. Astros, Red Sox, Dodgers, Braves. And, man, if the Red Sox advance and the Dodgers advance, I will 100% root for the Red Sox. I don't know about you, I don't know about you Trav, but I just... I, I, the Dodgers, man. They're the richest team. I don't want them to win, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, I... I have to say it'd be cool to see Red Sox get another title. They're they're a they're a likable franchise. Oh yeah, they are. They're not they're not the Yankees, you know. They they're always living under the Yankees' shadows, so they are instantly more likable. However, it if it if it is the Red Sox Braves, I will be indifferent because the Braves they've they've been deprived of the World Series for a while, but that would be pretty cool. I don't know. What do you think, Trev? I think that would be pretty cool. <laughs> you're right oh yeah red sox braves east coast matchup north versus south man but we will ultimately see um we will be back with you no doubt our audience next week uh next tuesday that's when our episode will come out on that very day it'll be game one of the world series and that episode we will preview the world series the fall classic will we will we be right will we will we be wrong we're already plenty wrong, but how wrong can we be, right? So we'll see y'all then, guys. Uh, but before we say goodbye, uh, Trav, go ahead and, you know, just, uh, you know, give the spiel. Tell everybody where they can, you know, where they can follow us, how they can keep up with the show, man. Absolutely. If you are not already, please go on ahead and subscribe to No Doubter so you don't miss out on any future episodes, no matter what platform you're listening to us on, Spotify, Apple, uh, you name it, we're on all of them. Please give us a, subscri- a subscription. Uh, stay in the know of whenever we're putting out new episodes. We don't want you to be left behind. We want you to be always in tune with the latest that's happening here at No Doubter. Give us a five-star review if you enjoyed the show. Let us know any feedback that you have about the programming that we're bringing you because, because we want to keep making it better and better uh, and really to give you guys what you want. Go ahead and give us a like on Facebook. You can find us at No Doubter Podcast. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram, both at No Doubter Pod. You can follow Boom and myself, both on our personal social media handles, BoomBostick21 and at Travis Lawfully. Join our Patreon today and you can get an even greater level of access to No Doubter uh, and help ensure that we can continue bringing you more of your favorite baseball content. We have several different levels to choose from right now, prospect, rookie, veteran, and legend, uh, each kind of up and ante of uh, access that you get to our community. Please check those out and uh, consider joining today. Check out our merch store as well so you can get decked out in your favorite No Doubter gear, such as mugs, t-shirts, hoodies, baseball shirts, phone cases, and many more items. 
Uh, if you, yeah, if you've seen, uh, seen the picture that we put on our Facebook, uh, the other day of, uh, a boom and I, from our live recording that we had over at steam three, you're seeing that we're, we're wearing a couple of our shirts from, uh, from our merch store there. Uh, our partner at T public has done a great job with us. They have excellent quality items, really just a wide variety of things you can get. The shirts fit phenomenal. They're not like your Gildan shirts that feel like you're wearing a cardboard box on, you know, they're good canvas t-shirts. They're nice and soft and fitted and, uh, and look on you no matter wherever you go, pick up something and start helping us spread the word about, uh, about our show, uh, wherever you are, or when, you know, we have friends over and they see that you've got a mug with, a uh, with our, uh, logo on it. So you can tell them all about no doubter. You'll see all the important links in the description below for everything that we've just talked about here. We thank you all so much for joining us as always on the show. We'll be bringing you another episode again next week, uh, talking about, uh, how these things have progressed and how it's looking going into the world series. Uh, boom. What do we like to tell our audience as we close out every single show? As you go into this month, as you keep up with postseason baseball, as you go throughout your life, uh, uh, no matter what you got going for you, supporting your families, you know, go and do the grind. Be sure to bat 400 and always swing for the Francis. It's the only way to go. Uh, no doubt our audience, you guys are the best. We will see y'all next week. Good night, everybody. Good night. This episode of No Doubt was produced by Eric Bostick and Travis Lockley and edited by Travis Bostick. Our logo was designed by Lindsay Silver.